Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast, where we share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Bill Doherty, Senior Vice President and Group General Manager of the Amphenol ICC Group. We spend time thanking the ICC leadership team for the incredible job they've done in leading the group through the COVID-19 outbreak. We talk through the slow and steady approach to coming back into the offices and the detailed plan to safely and efficiently bring the ICC teams back. We also talk about using the summer interns to help with design ideas on the virtual office of the future, as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. Ready when you are. Yeah, we'll just get started, Bill. First of all, thank you for taking time to do this. I know you're a busy person at Amphenol. Uh, in charge of the AICC group. I know that you have a lot on your plate uh, as we go through this time, but I know that it's also been a whirlwind couple of months for you, but we've gotten so far in so little time, even with all this distraction to the business, and you have sites all over the world, uh, Asia, Europe, North America, uh, so on and so forth and a group of leaders that I know that you wanted to take a little bit of time to honor them as they have done, you know, they put together a Herculean effort in getting, keeping the factories stable, making sure the workers are safe, both at home and at work, and making sure that we do the right steps as we slowly start to integrate back into these factories. Well, Chris, I I appreciate the time. I, I do want to spend the vast majority of the time talking about not just uh, the AICC folks in the factory, but also the folks at home. I, I also want to give a big shout out to you and the rest of the team at, at headquarters, Rick, Dave. You know, all of you have been, you know, very, very, you know, inspirational. And I, I'm not sure you guys realize how helpful you've been. You know, being able to have uh, the team behind us, you know, where we're trying to get the factories open and offices and in parallel with that, you know, deal with all the customer demand. You know, you've you've been a resource that it's been invaluable and you know, frankly, motivating. Thank um, you, thank you. you know, it's it's these these podcasts that I think are terrific, and beyond that, it's all the other things that you guys are doing. So that's that's a ton of help. It means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. As far as um, you know, the factories and the R and D locations, I I want to start with just a huge thank you to to our, our managers. Um, in the past, you know, since this all occurred, you know, really a lot of the activity was started in early January, mid-January. We have safely transitioned about 15,000 people back into our factories. China led the way. You know, you can imagine I'm, I'm sitting in Boston getting emails wondering, oh, what's going on? How, you know, what is this virus? And watching on the news and I don't think it, it hit me, it, it didn't hit me fast enough, you know, mm. what was what was really happening. And uh, I was concerned, you know, about our folks. Uh, I remember having a conversation. I was traveling back from Canada. I had a conversation at four in the morning with, you know, one of my managers. And they were describing for the first time, you know, the real fear that was occurring and you know, the China government, I mean, they did the right thing, shutting everything down. And, but people couldn't get back to their homes. And if they, they couldn't get back to their workplace. And if they had to get back, you know, they'd have to quarantine maybe 14, 28 days, depending on, you know, how many stops they had to make. So I knew right away I needed help. 
and and I when I need help in China, I lean on Gary on mm-hmm. tremendously. Um, I know that Gary has has spent some time with you. Yeah. You know, it was a phone call and a discussion. You know, we talked about you know what the approach could be, and and then you know in, in typical Gary fashion, before I know it, you know he has our you know twenty five managers in China meeting on a daily basis. And, and mixed into this was two very recent acquisitions, right? So yeah, welcome yeah. to welcome to Amphenol. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to figure all this out, and um, you know, so Gary literally daily facilitated this cross communication where folks were inventing and and really positioning the factories to open, and that really set that really led the way. I I don't know if people know this, but um, like our our Dungguan facility that Brian Lee manages, it never closed. Really, it uh, you know we had a situation where a lot of folks didn't go home for the new year, mm-hmm. and Brian, I, he could be the only factory in the entire world that hasn't closed, <laughs> even for a day. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, uh, Dungguan did a great job with being the first responder. Let's say. Um, coming up with a lot of creative ideas and they teamed together and, and they got, you know, the vast majority of our people safe and the factories running very quickly. Beyond that, you know, we then had to deal with the rest of the world. Yeah. And, and you, everybody knows that it, it, it started in China and then it's just trickled and trickled and, you know, went into Malaysia, Europe, India, and then last and, and certainly not least, you know, we're dealing with Mexico. Right. And the fact that China had wrote the book, let's say, um, really was a huge help to our leaders in those countries. What I found in those countries, though, was a totally different challenge. The governments were not consistent on what needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And so the leaders like Tong Li and Sanjay, Rajesh, Bertrand, Weili, Raul, they don't not only had to open factories, they had to figure out how to help their countries figure out how to do it correctly. Right. Right. I think Raul mentioned on his podcast that um, we were third out of 900 companies in Mexico Mm -hmm. to open. Yeah. Right. And so just look, a big shout out to the China team, the rest of the world, our, our, our plant managers. I apologize if I missed any of them. At the same time. So you have these leaders in the factories, uh, but then you also have, as does everyone, a good percentage of your workforce who they don't necessarily need to be in the factory and they could work from home. That is a different, a totally different dynamic, one that I've had to get used to, one that you've had to get used to. Um, how how have you dealt with that and your feelings on that over the past couple months as well with the people who've had to work from home during this time? Well, you know, I think everybody's tired of it at this point. Yes, um, agreed. <laughs> Yesterday, I, I I sat in my in my, you know, my home desk at 7 a.m. and went upstairs for dinner at six. Mm-hmm. And didn't get out of my little office for the whole day, and I'm sort of fed up with the whole, you know, working from home. So I I know everybody else is, and I I know, you know, that it's it's been a lot. So I appreciate what everybody's doing. Um, but let let me put it this way. Do you remember the story of the tortoise and the hare and, and what happened? I remember. Oh, let's let's remind everybody. 
What, so, so what happened in, in the situation? So there was a a race between the tortoise and the hare, and the and the hare goes out like he's on fire, and goes nuts and and is blowing the tortoise away, who of course is just just kind of moping along at his usual pace or her usual pace, but the hare kind of runs out of gas, runs out of steam, and ultimately the tortoise overtakes him and ends up the victor. Do I get did I get that right from the old fairy tale days? <laughs> you, trying to remember you, the Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know? <laughs> I got a little worried about putting you on the spot there, but you you nailed it. So uh look, that's basically how I'm thinking about it is, you know, this needs to be a slow and steady approach. Yeah. You know, and and in the the same reference, you know, to the tortoise and the hare, slow and steady will will win the race here. I mean, ultimately. And so, you know, I got a, I saw an email yesterday that really made me nervous. Um, it was an email from Dave Williams to Ursula and it said, Hey, and Dave's a great guy. I mean, just manages the, the, the controller position down in Valley green for us. And he, he says, Hey, Ursula, you know, our governor's expecting going to open up the, state in the next couple of weeks looking i'm so looking forward to getting back in the office and i goes oh boy i haven't done a good job at really getting the message out yeah um we're, we're not going to rush back into the work environment um you know and, and look china's already back okay you know taiwan office is back mm-hmm. and, and the leaders there have done a great job of keeping everybody safe but just because a governor or a local city official says that you know the city's open you know back to normal right we're not going to just assume we're back to normal and so we've mapped out a, a pretty thorough approach um, it's not only about the safety of getting pe- safety of people in the work environment we've got to consider families and you know our overall employee population for example the child care system in many, many countries has been turned upside down. There is a lot of questions as to whether or not children will be going back to school in September. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, how? There is summer camps that have been canceled. So parents, you know, don't necessarily have childcare. You know, and, and let's face it, the last thing that anybody wants to do is, is bring, you know, someone into their parents' home Okay, because we know that, you know, some of the, the, the more challenging cases with the virus are those that are, are, are older. Right. Right. right? And, and then we have people with pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, we have to be sensitive to. So it's creating a safe work environment is one thing, but adding to it all the things I just talked about is another. And, you know, I had a, I had a webinar uh, three weeks ago with, 140 of my managers. Um, and I told them I couldn't be more proud of how efficient we've been mm-hmm. in that, you know, there's, I know, although I know everybody's itching to get back into the office or travel, my commitment to them and to all of our folks working from home is that we're going to work with each of you to ensure you can get back to the office safely. Right. And if we have to delay your return, even if the office is safe because of child situation or something else, then you know, we're going to do that. Our employees didn't do anything wrong here. I mean, they, right. 
they've been sort of just, you know, we all have been just overwhelmed with this situation. We have 25 locations we have to open from an office and R&D standpoint. Right. We have 1,300 people right now working from home. And those locations have as few as one and as many as 200 plus people. Mm, yeah. Okay. And yeah. so uh, we have to have a unique approach. So what is going to be your approach as you start to get some people back in there? Just some of the highlights, because I know there's a number of things that are going to be different as people start to come into work that they're not used to, um, new policies, new procedures, uh, new systems that are going to be put in place to, again, ensure the health and safety of these employees as they start coming back into the office on a more regular basis. Well, it's it's not going to be all that different than what we learned in uh, in opening the factories. Um, you know, specifically, you know, we've we have an approach that is going to use a lot of the same tools from a management standpoint. And and earlier this week, you know, we launched uh, what we're calling the re, you know returning you know to the office and R and D center initiative. And uh, the leaders of that globally for us uh, are Mimi Morgan and Tom Pitton. Mm-hmm. You know, M- Mimi has been coordinating with all of the factories, you know, supplies for many, many months. She's done an amazing job at just, you know, getting, making sure that if the local team couldn't get what they needed, she found a way to get it to them. Mm-hmm. Dave's been incredibly helpful there as well. Um, she's been the person that gets the first phone call when we have an employee that tests positive in the facility. And she's done an incredible job at managing that, coaching and mentoring, not just the HR people, but, you know, our plant managers. So to me, Mimi is like the logical leader to now take a lot of the skills that she's developed and and, and take that into the office uh, reopening. And, and Tom, I, I know most everybody in our group, everybody in our group knows Tom. You know, Tom's not only just a great leader, but from a technology perspective, he's, you know, he's a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. And and he's already been working with um, Rick and Wayne Morrison and, and some others, um, right. Eric Rushbrook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Tom has leveraged, you know, some of our, you know, our leaders in Nashua. You know, Rob Gustafson runs our mechanical integrity lab. And Rob has been, you know, I, I saw a presentation yesterday on how many statistical analyses they've done on the different um, thermal imaging systems, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so Mimi and Tom are like the perfect duo to help guide, you know, what it is we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So we kicked it off and we asked for one office owner and one local leader that has a team of, you know, could be three or four, it could be 20. Uh, depending on the size of the office, that is going to be responsible for implementing all of the checklist items that you know you guys have made available on Frontline, mm-hmm. as well as some others that we've added. Um, and of course, we'll share you know as as we learn here. Yeah. And and then the way we're going to manage all that because you have 25 locations, 1,300 people, we're going to use the Microsoft Teams tool. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the checklist separated into six major categories. 
and so maybe we think the way the sites will think about it is maybe there'll be an owner for each category. One is the temperature screening. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine we have one to several hundred people. Right. I don't need a $25,000 automated screening system. That one person's Rich Richitelli, by the way. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I love Rich and, you know, he's a responsible guy, but he's going to get a handheld. Right. You Just know. boom. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yep. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to make every morning. I'm going to make him show me on zoom what his temperature is. <laughs> so there, it'll range. Right. And we're trying to, what we're trying to do is make sure that we can, you know, keep that entrepreneurial um, creativeness within the sites. Right. At the same point in time, we want to make available to them, you know, data on, on equipment that's been tested and it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Right. So, we're really looking for the local leader to help us decide what's right for their operation or their, their, their office. Second category is supplies and equipment for personal protection. This is making sure you have enough masks before you go back, you know, mm-hmm. and, and cleaning materials and, and everything else that, you know, that's recommended. The third category is social distancing initiatives. Yeah. Um, this, I think, is going to be the hardest. I agree. It's it's really hard. But what are some of the things that at least you and the and the team have at least started to think about as far as enforcing that to the best of your ability? You know, it's it should be the best of their ability because I tell you, I went I went I shared this uh, yesterday when we had a meeting. I I went food shopping over the weekend and mm-hmm. I saw something on the shelf that I wanted, and I never bothered to see if I was going in the one-way direction that the supermarket required you. Yeah. And, okay, and just true disclosure, it was toilet paper. Uh-huh. And when you see toilet paper on a shelf these days, <laughs> you run for it. Yeah. And so I got yelled at by, like, these three ladies that were coming in the other direction with carts. Um, so some of the social distancing will be, you know, signage. Yeah. You know, the days of everybody just going into the coffee room and, and hanging out, uh, it's got to be a little managed a little bit differently. Sure. I know that the team, you know, at headquarters is, and Rick, they're looking at, you know, other, other um, things we can get, whether they're bracelets or other items that allow us to have some traceability. Right. You know, sh- should we have a situation where someone does, it's not so much a tracking, it's more of a, if someone gets affected, you know, right. how, do we, how do we notify others? And there, there are others. And this is where Tom and, and Mimi um, will also be playing a big role in getting inputs from these 1,300 folks, right, right. As, as well as others. The fourth category we've created is, um, and again, a lot of the, all of these items are, they're all on frontline. Right. What we've said is, okay, if we have 25 sites, we have 30 plus things we'd like to have implemented, you know, that's 750 plus items. We need to sort of break it down into categories. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So the next category is this prevention of cross-contamination, mm-hmm. it's limiting the touch points. I mean, we, we lease most of our facilities. And so there's a lot of work that needs to be done with, you know, facility owners on making sure doorknobs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, bathrooms, you know, they're, they're continuously cleaned. Like, like in Nashville, we share, we share a building with like 10 other companies. Right. Right. Yeah. 
right? And so, which not and, and all the, the the bathrooms and the uh, the gym and the cafeteria, we don't own that. Yeah. Right. And and so, it's not just a matter of like, okay, we can close the doors and and, and this is not just Nashville. This 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 is pretty much everywhere we have a lot of people. So that's a big category. And then as you get a little bit down the list here, some of the things that are still being evaluated, it's um, it's it's the HVAC, you know, the ventilation. Sure. Uh, Tom shared a presentation the other day on UV lighting and, and some of the, you know, the concerns with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not deployed and utilized correctly. Um, and so I, th- I think that's a little bit further down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and in some offices you you won't need that mm-hmm. because it's just, just a number of people. And then the last category here is, and, and Dave Dave gave us this idea. Um, I guess he went to headquarters and and asked you know five or six simple questions, and you know the idea of reopening the facilities without asking the thirteen hundred people that are working from home for feedback and recommendations. Um, that would be wrong, All right? And mm-hmm. so we want everyone yeah. to be 100, 100% comfortable before they come back. So this, the sixth category is, hey, let's make sure we communicate well and, and we get feedback from our folks. Right. So this is the, the game plan moving forward now for at least the ICC group and, and your team. It is. And, you know, this is just to get us back into the office. Um, the, the last thing that we're doing, which is a little bit beyond just getting us back, you know, every year we bring in some number of interns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been hard this this year to find meaningful positions because mostly they're they're in the office, and just like we don't want to expose employees, we certainly don't want to you know expose our college interns. Um, right, right. So what we've asked them to do is not just work with the functional managers on you know, the project, whether it's they're an SI or they're a finance person, um, a marketing person, we've asked them to help us with creating, you know, what's the office of the future for us, or yeah. maybe the, the virtual office of the future. Okay. Right. And so I, I think you maybe talked to Albert Chen oh, by Chen. now. And yep. Yep. I got a little insulted that Adam calls him the smartest guy he's ever met. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but he's he's right about that. <laughs> but for example, Albert, you know he, he he's a our field applications leader in the West, and yeah. you know his whole team has had to transition the way they do work. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and and I'm not going to steal his thunder on what you know what he talked about in the podcast. But you know the days of asking people to ride two hours, three hours round trip every day just because we'd like to go to the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that needs to change. And I think the interns, you know, they'll open our eyes to, you know, some tools and it, look, our eyes have been opened right already. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and so we, but we want to put them to good use and, and we also want them learning and having fun with it. And, and so that's the last thing. And that won't be something that's required to open the office, but it's more, we've asked each of our leaders, functional leaders, let's not go back to business as usual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and leverage the interns to help you come up with what tools we need, what systems, but the old way is is gone, yeah. and that's and that's really the bottom line. Um, that that is not so urgent 
as getting people back to the office safe. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that'll be the major focus over the next people are asking me when, when we're ready. Some offices <laughs> will be ready in a month. Yeah. Some might not be ready till the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And we're really going to rely on the local leaders to help us figure that out. So Bill, obviously you've been involved with this on a, on a daily hourly minute by minute basis here since, since the middle of the end of January. I know you and your team have put in a tremendous amount of work. Um, my congratulations to you so far, to you and your team for the job that you've done. Uh, it sounds like you have some really solid plans moving forward for the business. And again, slow and steady wins the race. And uh, I wish you and the AICC team the, the best of luck moving forward. Yeah, Chris, same to you. And again, just a big thank you to you know you dave rick the entire team i mean one person i didn't mention lance and his team i mean we could not have got our facilities open without you know the incredible work that they've done so i guess my final comments is just a big thank you to everyone stay positive stay safe and i can't wait to see each of you in person hopefully sometime in the near future thank you